0: Welcome, everybody, to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. We promise that this is honestly one of our funniest episodes. The cringy yeah. combo is, oh, my God. So so, stay tuned. In our opinions. <laughs> In our opinion. Or actually, you sent me a message going, um, Hannah, it's our best work yet. I, so, I was kissing
1: myself at it, but it's because it's us. Like, when it involves us directly, other people might not get it. <laughs>
0: I think people will like it so don't worry it's a really funny episode but we do also uh, we have to get something off our chest this week so we did an episode a couple of weeks ago with my mum and also we had Dr Naomi joining us who is a cosmetic doctor based up in Sydney. I personally like loved the interviews that's just Mm -hmm. me it's it's the kind of content that I love but um, so one person actually gave us a really nice review but she did say that we were both in our 20s getting Botox which worried her so I just want to clear up first of all if you get botox in your 20s that's no cause for worry it's your that's your decision and and you know, there's no reason that you should feel bad about that. Just mm-hmm. you know, everyone does things for their own reasons. Um, and I uh, just to clear up, Joanna is in her twenties, but does not get Botox and has yep. no plans to get Botox. Not one day. <laughs> well, I feel that your I feel it. that your skin your skincare routine is obviously mimicking the effects of Botox <laughs> because your face doesn't move. I don't. Or, or you do that on purpose because you like to not show any emotion. Yeah, that too. But that's that's. <laughs> (laughs) a story for another day. Um, I am not in my 20s, but thank you so much. I know you weren't (laughs) meaning to compliment me, but I was complimented. (laughs) I'm not in my 20s. I'm in my 30s. And yes, I do get Botox. The reason that I'm so open about it on this podcast is because I don't want people to feel bad about Mm -hmm. it. You know, I know a lot of people that get it and they're very secretive about it. And Mm -hmm. I used to be really secretive about it. And there's no reason that you should feel ashamed or feel judged over getting Botox. So that,
1: that is personally why I talk about it. By doing these kind of episodes, we're not trying to generate any kind of negativity around aging either. That's not our goal here. We basically just want to equip everybody who listens to this podcast with as much information as possible. Knowledge is power.
0: From experts and doctors.
1: Exactly. So um, we just want to provide that information. You know, aging is a bit of a scary process when you're going through that and you don't know what's happening and you're seeing things change before your eyes. And yeah, we're just here to provide that information. So we're in no way suggesting that anyone is forced to do something or a procedure that they don't want to do to look a certain way. That's absolutely not what we're trying to achieve here,
0: And I think the reason that we got my mum on for that episode before Dr. Naomi, because we knew it was going to be, it's a bit of a touchy subject and yeah. possibly um, not for everyone. But the reason we got my mum on before mm. was, and I knew this about her, was that as she gets older, she gets becomes more and more comfortable in the aging process, which that's everyone's journey for themselves. And so I feel like she said that, you know, when she turned 40 and then 50 and then Mm -hmm. 60, she's just becomes more and more comfortable in her own skin. And I think some people like don't care at all and some people care a lot. And so there's a whole spectrum of how people feel. Yeah.
1: Okay, so um, back to our regular
0: scheduling, Hannah. What is on today's episode? So for our cringy convo, we have a very special guest. It is our editor, Matthew. I actually think I he – I love pre- this guest. I actually – it's really funny. He signs off his emails with Matt, but for some reason we call him yeah, Matthew. We, we just call him we, Matthew. I don't know why. <laughs> we call him his formal name. We don't know why. We've still spoken about <laughs> it before, but it's ingrained in my vernacular now. Yeah. Then we have Dr. Alice Rudd, who is a dermatologist, coming to talk to us about scarring and in particular acne scarring and of course the products we didn't know we needed
1: yeah is it weird hearing us in real life
2: i mean i feel not like real I... life <laughs> still
1: how he hears us yeah but he's hearing us in real time That's like he's true. talking to That's us true,
2: in real time yeah this is the same thing i hear every day of my life to be
1: honest <laughs> He's like, oh my God, not them again. Let's let's quickly introduce our guest. Okay, so we've got a <laughs> special guest. Like, I always say special guest, but I mean really special because this person that's joining us today is <laughs> like the unseen member of this team, and totally. that is our editor, Matthew. We've
0: got to say, we were so happy to find you. Oh, Seriously. thank you.
1: Yeah, we really were.
0: Yeah, I've got to say, comparing
2: myself to the calibre of guests that you two have been having lately, like... L McPherson, Chris <laughs> Ellison, like, and now you have me like <laughs> the editor. Like you've you've clearly saved the best for last.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we We really have. have you're <laughs> the most important one out of all of them because the show wouldn't exist without you. Joe,
0: I almost saw the questions for this and I almost was like, this is better than Linda, my mum. Like yeah, this is yeah. We've got we've got some great questions for you. I really hope I pull through here. Well, because
1: we're kind of putting him to the test. Because obviously, you listen to us day in, day out, and you have to cut out all of the shit. Sometimes we're like, Matthew, cut that out. <laughs>
0: there are <our> little <laughs> treats to you.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I say, thank you, Matthew, love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got like a list of questions. You haven't seen these questions, so you're hearing them for the first time because I wanted to um, really test you on these. Yeah. And Hannah, I'm sure you've got some of your own questions as well.
0: well. We've got quite a lot here, so can we, should we just alternate? So you'll do the first yeah. one and the second one? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So,
1: um, Matthew, obviously you listen to every episode, so you know a lot about us and you know a lot about the podcast, but I wanted to test how much you're actually listening or if you're just like you're there kind of doing your editing and you're not really listening to the content.
2: God, I'm so nervous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did want to know, have you been disturbed by some of the things that you've heard on the podcast? Because you are a young man in your 20s and that's not necessarily the demographic of our podcast in general. So what is, what's probably the most disturbing thing that you've heard so far?
2: I don't think I've heard anything too disturbing. I feel like... I can't really talk about any of the things that I've edited out of the show because we're going to have to edit it out of this one as well.
0: That is such a good point. That is the best answer.
2: (laughs) I feel like there's been some times where we've probably – gone a bit too much into detail about when Hannah was in Thailand or yeah. something that we definitely would have had. To oh. about.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one That one didn't even go ahead. That didn't even <laughs> go ahead, Matthew. Oh, my God. We can say that I talked about the um, colonic in Thailand, but we won't go into detail. Okay, I like that that's the most disturbing thing you've heard. I thought it might be something that I said. I actually forgot that we completely removed that whole episode. So Yeah. That's really interesting. All right, next question. Um, what's the biggest learning been for you from listening to our Cringy combos?
2: Well, uh, from Cringy Convos, I'm not too sure about that. I feel like the biggest thing I've learned from the podcast in general, because I'm really not – this will definitely shock the listeners, but I'm not really a skincare person. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the biggest thing I've learned is – sunscreen is the number one yes. thing to use for skincare because like to be honest like my girlfriend and her friends are like pretty shocked that I edit this podcast because they're big <laughs> um like whenever they ask me something about skincare I'll say something extremely vague about sunscreen and then maybe just throw the word primer around but it's very obvious I'm out of my own.
0: oh my god I love that you're spreading this SPF message. Oh, big time. I love that.
1: <laughs> I've, got a, I've got another question for you, Matthew. Okay. Which one of us wears a panty liner every day?
2: <sighs> Hannah.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, hey, and Linda. Yeah, and Linda. Yeah, Linda. yeah. yeah, yeah. Anna, Recently Anna. learned <laughs> Linda. All right. So this is a good one. All right. Um, how old are we? And I've got, a, I've got another question after that. Okay. So how old do you think we are? Or how old are we? Because we do talk about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, <laughs> I think Joanna is twenty seven. Woohoo! Correct. Is that
0: right? Oh wow, Gold Gold star. Star. yeah, that's right.
2: All right, Hannah. Um, I think this is thirty two.
0: 31 2032 oh, good work um, <laughs> now the most the most important question is do i look older than jlo
2: or oh, i know i know this is a
0: trick question no, i had to answer it matthew very,
2: i know this is a very delicate thing <laughs> i know this is something you've been aiming for have you achieved it i, I know you've been trying to look as like your skin age is trying to be as young yes. as Jayla. Have you hit it? Yes, we
0: did. I, yeah, I got under thirty I got under thirty one. Well oh,
2: congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you. But but more but his from answer an, is but, no. No, but for more from an aesthetic perspective, you're saying no. Or you're, you, oh, no. you had a very you had a very long pause there, Matthew. So um, I'm gonna take that as no and I'm, I'm just I'm gonna keep trying.
2: That is not the answer I'm giving. <laughs>
0: Um, who has been
1: your favorite guest so far? Or what's your favorite episode so far?
2: I mean, I did really like that Chris Appleton episode. But yeah. it was probably a bit earlier. I can't remember his name, but he was like, it was the teeth episode.
0: Oh yes, Dr. Yeah. Um Dr. D.
2: Yeah, I yes, really like that. D. one.
0: Yeah. Okay, next question. Why doesn't Joe drink coffee?
2: <laughs> um, I, I believe Joanna has troubles with her bowels after coffee. <laughs> <laughs> This is my job. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you said that you're into SBF and you're on that bandwagon. Have you purchased any products after listening to the podcast? And if not, what products do you want us to send you?
2: Uh, To be honest, no, I haven't bought anything, but... My girlfriend does love La Roche Effaclayer.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'll
0: I'll make sure you get a lifetime supply.
2: Oh, Joe, that would be very big. No, I
0: actually <laughs> think we definitely need to send you some um, skincare products. And then we'll yeah. actually, what oh, would be yeah. really fun is to get, I, I love this segment so much. We've got to redo this segment after you've done some skincare, male skincare. Well, I'm for sure. Yeah. I mean,
2: I'm so glad that you guys have let me on as like a permanent host of this show. It's very, yeah.
0: like, it's <laughs> very. It's the three of us it's now. now. <laughs> welcome to Beauty IQ Unset. I am your hot co-host, Hannah, and your other co-host, Matthew. Yeah, no, you're still the host, don't worry.
2: Yeah, there's just like no reason for me to be there. Like I just start talking about microphones and editing software.
0: You
1: know what? Some um, people might be really interested to know um, how the podcast is actually produced. So you might have quite a few fans. That's true. Because yeah. podcasting is so big now. Yeah, I think is. people think we edit it ourselves and we definitely don't have the skills for that. So that's why we have you do it.
0: Um. All right, so... Another question is: um, Well, you've actually kind of answered this. Does Does your girlfriend know about us? Yeah, like she your secrets, your secret podcast girlfriend. <laughs> 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 does she ever overhear you, like editing
1: stuff? Like, does she overhear the recording, and she's just like, "Oh God, not them again." Well.
2: And I don't know if I should be saying this, to be honest, but, like... You can
0: edit it out. <laughs> exactly.
2: Be, I, actually, on that, like, I was kind of nervous about doing this, but then I realized, like, I'm the editor. I can literally just exactly. make this conversation Exactly. You have the control over it. <laughs> um, no, nah, because I... <laughs> this is gonna sound
0: so <laughs> Oh my god Matthew you asked this is why you edit our podcast.
2: I edit this podcast at like three times speed. Oh,
0: oh my dude. god, you
2: don't. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we're
1: speaking like chipmunks. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> like it would seriously be like the most annoying thing for anybody else to hear, but it works for me, so
1: <laughs> um I wanted to ask. Is this the best editing job you've ever had?
2: (laughs) A hundred percent. I mean, like, the only editing jobs I've had before this is, like, for things that me and my friends have created. So this is, yeah, definitely. This is the first thing that's probably ever had, like, an audience. (laughs) (laughs) It's very important
1: to me. Oh, I feel so proud that you're like proud to edit this podcast. Um, It's
0: so funny because when you when we first started working with you, and I think this is good background for people with the podcast, we were like, um Meti, who's in the content team, was like, "Oh, I've like found this guy. He's like quite young." We were like, "Oh, I don't know if he'll get it," but like instantly, the first edit you sent back, we were like, "No, he get he gets it." Oh, yeah, cool. and we love having a guy part of the team as well, like. It's really great to get, I guess, a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah,
2: totally. Because I, I do this from home, but on the first episode, I came into the office to meet everyone. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and there's just like this huge, long table of women, and I'm the only guy in there. Just like this weirdo editor sitting in like, this
0: table. Um, do you ever dread having to listen to us for three hours at a time?
2: No, no way. No, it's a, it's a very positive podcast to be listening to all Aww. the time. It's like my morning affirmations. You guys are always putting positive spins Aww. on everything. I mean, like it's not—it's not—it's di- not directed at my demographic at all, but
1: <laughs> it works. Oh, that's Aww. so cute. Aww, um, I'm, I'm love- going to put more messages in our recordings for you, just so that you can discover them when you're doing a double speed edit. I
2: really need that, Joe. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask a controversial question. What's your least favorite episode or
2: guest?
0: You'll probably have to edit this out. Yeah, but we, to, we can bleep it. We can bleep it. <laughs> okay, well, it would have had to be. I I feel like I've been left out of the loop on this. Are you guys on email threads yeah. without me? We're we're friends without <laughs> you. Like we yeah,
2: Hannah. We have a whole like adore beauty group chat that's yeah. exclusive without
0: <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> Matthew, you have to come to our Christmas party this year.
0: Yes, you'll I mean, have to. If we're allowed we're, to, I'd love to. Wait, oh, we may yeah. not be doing Christmas parties, but yes, 100%. Oh, come yeah. on. It's only May. Let's hope by sure, yeah, sure. of the let's, let's, things. Hey, as Matthew said, this is a positive, uplifting podcast. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> Matthew, exactly. you're going to be coming to our Christmas party. We will see each other in person come and we'll going to be a drink. <laughs> well, that's something wait. that we should what? point out
1: is that Matthew works remotely, so he doesn't actually see us all the time.
2: This is extremely surreal for me. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do you almost feel like you're in the presence of celebrities? No
2: shit. Sure. I mean, if you want me to say
0: that, Joe, I will. <laughs> I'm kidding. I feel like you're gonna go viral as well after this episode. I reckon we're yeah. gonna have a lot of people going, bring Matthew back, bring Matthew back. Yeah, bring yeah. back. And
1: I also think we need to get you to do some video content because I think you'd be great for that. Yeah, I can just I, we, we can sense talent a mile away. Yeah,
2: I could be like your resident non-skincare
0: correspondent.
1: Yes. I didn't put any would you rather questions in here. I should have.
0: So I feel like Matthew has enough editing on his (laughs) hands as it is.
1: Yeah, he probably does. Thanks for joining us, Matthew. Have fun editing this. Uh,
2: Thanks so much for having me. That was so much fun.
1: (laughs) So our next guest joins us from Skin Depth Dermatology. Welcome, Dr. Alice Rudd. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) We're very excited to have you on today because... We're going to be talking about a very topical topic for me because I've currently got a blemish that's healing on my chin and I don't normally get blemishes, so it's really frustrating me. So today we're going to talk about scarring but specifically more around acne scarring so I wondered if we could start off by talking about the different forms of acne scarring because a lot of people wouldn't realize that there is a number of forms of acne scarring so can you tell us what differentiates each of those so I
3: think I, I like to categorize it according to how it looks in the skin so you can get a raised scar which we call a hypertrophic or a keloid scar you can have a dipped scar or a depressed scar, and there's a number of categories for those, which include ice pig scarring, box car scarring, and rolling scarring. And then there's mm-hmm. the scarring, inverted commas, that a lot of my patients tell me that they have, which isn't true scarring, but it sounds like what you have, Joe. it's a post-inflammatory colour yep. change. And that can generally yes. be red in a very fair skin type or that can be brown in someone who's slightly more olive. And that's not a lasting scar. That's just a temporary phenomenon, but it can go on for weeks. So I think that there's the true scarring is probably different to what people generally call scarring.
1: Yes, and that's a question that we get a lot about the post-inflammatory, mm. hyperpigmentation, post-blemish. Uh, mm. And I think that's what people think they can treat topically Mm. with scarring that is that depressed scar and it's you know that typical acne scarring that you would identify with when someone is telling you about acne scarring what treatments are involved in improving the appearance of, of that type of scarring versus the form of scarring that's like just post blemish
3: well the post blemish doesn't necessarily need much treatment because it will fade with time But I find uh, women particularly don't like redness because it's more difficult to disguise with makeup and it can last for a really long time and every time you get another blemish, there's another red spot. So time will help that, but there are skincare ingredients that can help. And we know that things like vitamin C and vitamin B can help with redness as well as with pigmentation and anything that's got a pigment inhibiting property. So um, vitamin B, vitamin C, kojic acid, retinol, A lot of topical treatments Mm -hmm. can help with that kind of scarring and the passage of time and sun protection, of course. With the depressed scarring, obviously topical treatments aren't as effective for that type of scarring. Retinol can help a bit, Mm -hmm. but usually what we need to do is get a device in there to break up that scarring and rise it to the surface a little bit so that the contour of the skin normalises. And again, it depends a little bit on what type of scarring it is, but common treatments would be microneedling um, or needling devices which just pierce lots of tiny little holes into the skin that can t- break up the scar tissue and usually those treatments don't have a lot of downtime so you might need a few treatments um, mm-hmm. there are some treatments that have a lot of downtime and that would be things like a traditional ablative laser where we sort of just remove that whole top layer of the skin and we hope that the skin renews itself and in the process of that makes some new collagen and sort of degrades down that old scar. And then there's other treatments that people can use like very strong acids. So there's a technique called TCA or trichloroacetic acid cross, which is where a very strong acid is placed down into the little scar tissue, causes a little injury, and allows the skin to regenerate new collagen around that scar.
1: Yeah, I think I've seen the TCA peel be used yeah. um, just with a little like a little tiny dropper or yes. or applied yep. with um like a little cotton bud just to specific scars. So
3: some people have what's called tooth ice pick scars, which is really quite sort of like quite a deep scar. And so you just get a little toothpick Mm -hmm. and then you put a little bit of this acid in and it frosts up immediately, goes white.
0: Oh, it sounds like you would like to watch that, Joanna. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, I would like to watch. I've
3: obviously seen that
1: on one of the accounts that I follow. Yeah,
3: yeah. (laughs) It's great. It makes great video. Yeah.
1: So for anyone that I guess is dealing with acne scarring and they just don't know where to begin on that process, I'm constantly trying to drive home, go and see a dermatologist, go and see a dermal clinician because that's your first step in working out what the most suitable treatment is for your skin, like you're wasting less money, you know, buying constant products to try and treat something that just cannot be treated effectively topically. So what's the importance um, from your perspective of getting in to see a dermatologist or a dermal clinician for a proper assessment.
3: I think there's two main components to that. You're absolutely right. So I see so many people that have wasted money on very expensive lasers for treatments that probably aren't going to help their type of scarring. So it actually needs a full assessment yep. because every different type of scarring will need a different treatment. And there's some scarring that needs to be surgically yep. removed, etc. And one of the biggest things I see is that people come and come to me to talk about how to treat their scarring, yet they've still got active acne. And I think people forget Mm. that they've still got or don't realise perhaps or they're focused very much on the scarring, but they haven't realised they've got active inflammation beneath the skin. And if you don't treat that, then you're just going to get more scarring, which is going to be a complete waste of time because you just went fixed, you know, scarring that you're still getting new pimples. And I say that a lot. I say that all the time. And I refuse to treat people's acne or scarring unless they've treated the underlying acne first. That's my absolute priority. And so that requires yep. an assessment. And it's remarkable how many people think that they just have scarring was actually they've still got active acne. So we treat the active acne first, you know, get that totally yep. controlled, then we do the acne scarring treatment, which is going to be a far greater benefit and it's actually going to do more in the long term. So... So I guess you need, yeah, it needs a full assessment and sometimes we can get away with treating with creams and very superficial peels and that might be enough for some people Mm -hmm. but it really depends on the depth of your acne scarring and where it is on your face also. Yeah,
1: I know that people listening to this will be thinking,
3: um, so how do we treat the acne first then? (laughs) Oh, if you've got scarring acne, yeah, if you've got scarring acne, I mean it depends on the person, depends on the individual but if there's scarring from your acne, even if you haven't picked it, which can happen quite commonly, then, mm-hmm. you know, if they're scarring, then you really need something like isotretinoin, um, you know, oral vitamin A is probably the best treatment for that. Some people can't take that, so we'd look at other options. But if there's scarring, you've got to stop the scarring because one of the other big things with acne scarring is you can never make the skin perfect again. No matter what laser you use, no matter what dermatologist you see, it's, I always mm-hmm. have to tell, constantly tell patients it's very difficult to get it back to, to its original form and the best thing you can do is stop getting the acne in the first place. Yeah,
1: that's actually a really, really important thing that you've just mentioned is having realistic expectations about what um, different treatments can do for your skin and what topical ingredients can do for your skin because you know you may not get back to having you know the skin that you had when you were 12 years old um, but having realistic expectations about that improvement can really make a difference to your your
3: mindset i guess in that situation you're absolutely right this is you have to manage the expectation around this and i never promise people a magic bullet even if you have a laser that takes the whole surface layer of your skin off it still may not fully treat your acne and i think you know home care is very important people sort of think oh come and have my laser and then that's done but you actually need to use your topicals in the long term to continue to regenerate collagen and repair the skin and that's vital with the post inflammatory
0: hyperpigmentation because it's even I don't have that sort of severe acne that you're talking about but I really try to um I get breakouts around my chin and so I really try to reduce those because I get like post inflammatory hyperpigmentation on those when those big pimples blind pimples pop up is that quite common it can be
3: i mean you're what you're doing Hannah, is right The reason you get the post-inflammatory pigmentation is because it's post-inflammatory. So there's been inflammation in the skin and, you know, pimples are inflammation. They're not an infection, they're actually inflammation. So you've got to do what you're doing, which is get on top of the inflammation as soon as you possibly can so that it can't then create that pigmentation in the skin. But once that inflammation's gone, then all these cells that went there to inflame the skin just get stuck in the skin. And it can take the body weeks to gobble up those cells and get rid of them out of the skin and Mm -hmm. some people get it for months if they've got skin that easily marks i mean you know when you've got that type of skin and you cut yourself or you knock yourself it can take weeks sometimes for it to settle
0: yeah yeah yeah, i think that's what mine's like
3: they they can
0: they can pop up on your chin and that so now it's all about like trying to prevent it because exactly it used to be in the past I'd just be like, oh, who cares if it just be a, f- a few breakouts. But now that I know that that's what the – I didn't know what those brown spots were. I was and like, "That what is that? <laughs> like, I had no idea. Yeah, it's your body's reaction to that nasty pimple.
1: Yeah. Um, I was just going to say the skin's – Healing response does kind of link back to the skin's barrier a little bit, doesn't it, Alice? So if you had a really strong, a a strong functioning skin, would you tend to see a faster healing response to things like post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation? I think so. Yeah,
3: because obviously when you've got an impaired barrier, that's a portal of entry for inflammation. So we know that people like who have eczema, for example, have a very impaired barrier, and their skin's constantly inflamed because the barrier isn't able to protect them against invaders that inflame the skin so you've already got an impaired barrier which is already going to give you an inflammatory state then all those cells are like ready to go they're just sitting there waiting for someone to target them and disrupt them and then of course a pimple is the perfect you know example of that so you're right like if you get the, the barrier in a good condition which you can do with skincare then then you're less likely to get a prolonged effect from a pimple, etc. Yep,
1: and as Hannah mentioned, she gets the um, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation around her chin where she gets breakouts. Are there people that are more susceptible to that response, or even more severe forms of scarring from acne? Is there a particular skin type that is susceptible, or it's literally just luck of the draw? Like you could have severe acne and not have any scarring. Or you could have a few pimples and get really severe scarring.
3: I think part of it is genetics and ethnicity. So we know that people with Mm -hmm. um, higher skin types who have darker or skin of colour definitely will scar more significantly than people who have fairer skin um so that's mm-hmm. a general rule and those kind of skin types are also more prone to lumpy scarring or keloid scarring yep. and i think when you've got a darker skin type if you have a darker blemish then it obviously is far more obvious it's quite obvious and it takes a lot longer to settle because they've got more pigmentation in their skin just generally as it appears as opposed to someone who's very fair but having said that i've seen awful acne scarring in people who aren't of that skin color and i think it's very it's a bit random in some aspects too. Like most people who have bad acne scarring, it's just the acne was so bad they didn't touch it and it just, and it scarred, you know. So it's it's very, yeah, it can be yeah. quite random and I don't think you really know who's going to get that, and who isn't, but you've got to look for the early signs of it and try to prevent it if you can. Yeah,
1: and I guess there's also a, a big component of confidence and self-esteem that comes into this as well, which I imagine you deal a lot with in clinic is, trying to overcome that as well because people that have had really severe acne are are often then faced with confidence issues from that and then faced with the scarring. So do you find you're dealing a lot with that um, confidence and self-esteem oh. aspect when you're seeing patients as well
3: i think that's the biggest thing that i see and they've actually there's a recent study that came out that suggested that there's extremely high rates of anxiety and depression and suicidality in people who've got chronic acne it changes people's personality and you see even also in teenagers they come in like don't even say anything to you with their head down when yeah. <laughs> they don't say much anyway but you know and then they come in after their skin's treated and it's like talking to a different person so I think people underestimate how much chronic, you know, especially when it's chronic, how much that affects your mental state. I see it all day, every day. I mean, it, it is remarkable the change in people.
1: Yeah, that's that's actually that would be quite rewarding, I guess, from your perspective when you see people come in and they've seen a, a remarkable difference. Yeah, yeah,
3: and I've had acne, so I know, I get it, I get it. Yeah.
1: So for anyone that is at home and they're listening and they're thinking, I just don't know how I'm going to get to a dermatologist. I, I don't know. I don't even know where to start finding a dermal clinician. Is there anything you can recommend to those people topically in terms of whether it's ingredient-wise or specific products that you like to recommend that those people could start with so that they maybe see the start of a result, which may prompt them
3: even further to go and see a dermatologist for an assessment? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. uh, Probably my three favourite ingredients, depending on the level of your skin sensitivity, because even though people might have greasy, oily, acne-prone skin, they might also be sensitive and a bit dry then I would always mm-hmm. suggest niacinamide. So vitamin B3 has been well known to um, help acne breakouts and it's in studies proven to be as effective as a topical 1% antibiotic. So Wow,
1: I love niacinamide.
3: <laughs> oh, it's my favourite. I'm like, everyone, <laughs> niacinamide. Like no one, can, there's no one who can't use it, right? And it also helps with oil flow, as you know, and it yep. may help a little bit with redness and post-inflammatory redness. So definitely niacinamide and most skin types will tolerate that um if you've got congested acne so those like under the skin tiny little pimples that just don't come to a head then you need some kind of exfoliation and i know honey you mentioned glycolic i'm i'm more of a fan of salicylic acid because that's that penetrates pores it's a deeper penetrator because it's an oil-soluble acid as opposed to glycolic, which is a water-soluble one. So it gets in deep and decongests. And there's you know plenty of products that have 2-4% salicylic acid, which is something that you could use most nights to help decongest. And a lot of most skin types will tolerate a salicylic acid. A sensitive skin type probably won't tolerate a glycolic or a lactic acid. Mm -hmm. and then of course retinol which is probably the strongest of all of those ingredients and will be a little bit irritating on some skin types but retinol is the best preventer of acne so it turns the skin over normalizes the skin barrier and that that's something that if people can tolerate they should certainly try um, a low dose of so i guess they're my top three vitamin b vitamin a and some salicylic acid
1: That sounds like a pretty good lineup to me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned some scarring requires um, surgery. So I had my appendix out when I was, you know, quite young and I never really did anything about it. And so it's actually quite a bad scar on my stomach and it's, it's quite thick. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that something that you would go to a dermatologist to, to assess whether it's something that you could, I mean, I probably wouldn't worry about getting it fixed surgically but I might actually consider getting a treatment for something like that yes what would be the first kind of steps for me if I was like thinking of
3: that scars those kind of scars are similar to like caesar scars which we see a lot of in women and if there's a is there's any thickening a thickened scar tissue, then the best treatment for that is an injection of cortisone, which softens okay. the scar and sort of flattens it and makes it more like normal skin. And then sometimes microneedling devices, which can get in and break up the scar tissue before you then inject some cortisone, can um, soften that scar. So if it's a thickened or raised scar, then Injecting it with cortisone is is the absolutely the best treatment, and you certainly wouldn't operate on it surgically. And people might need a couple of treatments with that, and that can usually sort of yeah soften it a lot.
0: Because when I went in, I remember I was like eighteen, and my first question to the surgeon was like, "Is this going to be below my bikini line?" Like, <laughs> oh, so you important about. when you're you eighteen, don't, you don't you don't think about the fact you're about to go into like surgery. <laughs> you're just like, um, excuse me, and then, he, uh, and then the surgeon was like. We hope that we can go in with keyhole surgery, and so I was like, "Oh, great!" Like, but it's not a hundred percent, and I don't think I really heard it's not a hundred percent. And so, no. when they went in, they obviously had to open. They had to open me up, oh, and um, no. I've got this like, but it's well above my bikini line, and I felt really jibbed. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. So that was a, that was like almost what that was 12 years ago now and I haven't really done anything about the scar but um that I really had that question for you on the back yeah of good my question life. And I, I, I've never actually done anything about it but now that you've mentioned that um, it's probably a bit less scary
3: yeah it's very simple yeah, yeah it's a very simple procedure thank you so
1: yeah. much Alice for joining us that was so helpful I think a lot of people listening will feel a bit relieved that there's some options out there um, and some products that they can start with pleasure guys have a good day all right, Hannah, kick us off. P-W-D-K-W-N. So I have
0: a, I have a funny story. Um, So yeah. I put up an Instagram post of, have you seen my, I'm trying to make disco French tips happen? I did. I and did. Kate was like, Hannah, you're going to make fetch happen. So basically yeah. I got glitter SNS, like I love glitter SNS. I got it done. This was at- the
1: week before lockdown, you got your nails done. And when you did that, I was
0: like, what are you what doing? Are you doing? I, didn't, I actually didn't think lockdown. <laughs> you didn't think it through. Was, I didn't think lockdown was going to happen as quickly as it did. So I yeah. wasn't thinking it through. How, how long ago is that now? Because it looks like. That was the end of March. Okay. So it feels like yeah. it's only been a month. But it's grown out oh, I reckon it's halfway up my nails now. And so (laughs) I put up a story and said, let's make disco French nails happen. I think someone had messaged me and said, it looks like you're going to have French tips soon. So – yeah. I actually got a message from um Jenna, who was one of our guests. She waxed our noses on air. Um, mm-hmm. she's from the beauty company, and she's so cute. She was like, "No, I really don't want you to ruin your yeah. nails." And so she <laughs> she said, was like, "The French tips no, aren't gonna happen." No, she's like, "Um, why don't I send you a DIY manicure and shellac removal kit?" It is <laughs> like got this. It's so cute. I know a lot of manicurists are doing this at the moment. Yeah, um, they are. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually film it like me doing it because I'm gonna get I'm gonna. I'm actually going to take them off in the next couple of days, but the product that I didn't know I needed is actually once um, these are off, I'm going to, and I I use this in between SNS is the Essie Nail mm-hmm. Polish Gel Treat Love and Color Gloss Fit. It's a fortifying nail polish that gives you stronger nails in just one week. So, it's basically just a strengthening nail polish. Um it's got collagen yep. and camellia extract. I'm assuming that once this SNS is taken off my nails are going to be effed underneath.
1: But it's got it's got color to it as well, doesn't it?
0: Oh, uh, the one that I'm using is the clear.
1: Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure they come in coloured ones. So if you really hate not having nail polish on, you can still wear the coloured ones, and you'll still be getting the treatment. Because I think I have a pink one.
0: Yeah, no, they've got a pink one and like a yeah, yeah, a pinky. Um, uh, I've lost my words. What's the Nude? word? Nude. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love when you book in eight am sessions, Joanna. My brain yeah. is working properly. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that is the product I didn't know I needed. What's yours? Mine
1: is to do with all of the messages that I've been getting of people freaking out about their skin going crazy. I know, I feel like iso skin is absolutely a phenomenon. It is. Um, I have experienced it myself, and I, you know, everybody knows I don't get pimples. And I've had three. Don't in rub it the in last, everyone's faces. Like, six weeks. <laughs> I know, but like this is this is a real thing. If I'm getting them,
3: yeah. then it's What's, actually
1: a thing. Yeah. Um, so something's really wrong in the world. My product I didn't know I needed is the La roche posay Toleriane Ultra Overnight Sensitive Moisturizer. It's in the blue um, packaging. There's a one in a white packaging, which is the day moisturizer, and then there's one in the blue. This moisturizer is something that I just continuously recommend to people that are having issues with inflammation or sensitivity or breakouts and they just need something gentle It's really, really gentle, it's hydrating, it's soothing, it's calming. I always use it when I've like overdone it on the actives and I'm using it at the moment because I just don't know what's happening with my face. Mm. And it honestly just is a lifesaver for sensitive skin and anyone that's experiencing inflammation or who has overdone it with retinol or, you know, glycolic acid or anything that could be potentially irritating. Um, it's just a really good option, and also the Cicaplast cream as well is a really good one from from La Roche Posay for sensitive skin types. But I just can't go past recommending this moisturizer, especially now more than ever. Um, I'm just getting constant DMs of people having sensitive skin issues and breakouts. So I
0: feel like the tables have turned, Joanna. I, I think they might have. I haven't really had a breakout. Yeah, I've had shit skin. I'll be like, I have had shitty skin, but no breakout. Just so like far. dull. Oh, uh, like dull and texture. I, look, I haven't mm-hmm. been great with my skincare in the last. Okay. I think we've been really busy and it's yeah. I've just – and also it's the lack of structure of waking up and going yeah. to work that I've dropped a few steps.
1: It's funny. I think that routine and the the normality of life really does impact your skin. Oh yeah. Because totally. I haven't changed anything about my skincare, but the fact that my sleeping pattern has changed, my the way I'm eating has changed. All yeah. of those things can just have quite an impact on that. Um, so I know that a lot of people are in the same boat. So I feel you guys, I'm on the same page as you. So that is my product. You didn't know I needed it.
0: And I actually have a little topic for us to finish off on. Yes. I reckon let's share some of our top um, TV shows that we're watching, um, okay. Are, are you watching Normal People? Because I haven't started it no. yet, and I'm seeing you watch memes. weird
1: shows. I can't wait no. to you. <laughs>
0: normal. I'm sorry, normal people. There are so many memes out there at the moment about it, and so I've. I'm oh, getting, really? Oh, it's on stand. It. Oh no! Well, you're out of the loop then. Clearly, it's, yeah. Obviously, um, I felt out of the what loop. a loser. <laughs> Once the meme started popping up, I was like, who is this guy? Why don't I know about him? I've got to watch this show. Okay, But I did finish Hollywood last night, which was Mm -hmm. the reviews have been mixed, but I absolutely cried my eyes out for like an hour last night. It was really, really, it really, um, it was, I don't know whether it's just my mental state right now. Okay. (laughs) Um, Have you got any other shows that you've been binging? I'm binging at the
1: moment Ozark. I'm on, I'm like in the middle of season two, and apparently season three is wild. And also, I watch season two of Afterlife because I bloody love Ricky Gervais. And I just, that show is such an emotional roller coaster. Like, literally, I'm bawling my eyes out one second, and then the next minute, I'm pissing myself laughing, and so confusing. Oh my God.
0: I absolutely, I binge that in like one night. I couldn't Uh, stop watching it. I
1: know. I I watched it in, I think, two days. I watched three episodes one day and three episodes the next. The the bad thing is that it's such a short series. I wish it went for longer because I could watch that all day. It's
0: so easy to watch and it's so funny
1: and emotional and it's just such a great show. If you haven't watched Afterlife, get on it.
0: And then the other one that I actually tried the other night, which I was like, am I stupid? Can you guys let me know if this is just me, but do you know Altered Carbon on um, Netflix? No. So (laughs) I watched the first season and couldn't Quite understand what was going on the whole season, but okay. I really liked the main guy. So I pushed through. Yeah. <laughs> push through. And I got to the second season, and I, I honestly was more lost than the first season. I'm trying to like push through, but I really am just lost. I don't understand what's going on. And I don't know if it's just me. So if you also feel like that about <gasps> Oh, by the way, sorry, another yeah. tangent. God, I could talk about Netflix all day. <laughs> have, you watched sex? have you watched Sex Education? No, I haven't.
1: I've been told oh, to uh... watch all of these series, but I don't have any additional time. I'm, I'm still working. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> we could just do a whole episode on yeah, that. Yeah, let's just do watch.
1: a whole episode on Netflix recommendations. <laughs>
0: and also the other one on Amazon, if you haven't watched Fleabag, Joe, I'm Yeah, I haven't watched that have- yet. I know, okay, I've been told to seriously, watch it. I know. The, you, you'll binge both seasons in like a day. It's so okay, good. Okay,
1: it's, it's, all right, that's next. After I've watched the second season of Dead to Me, which just came out, I will
0: watch Fleabag, I promise. No, I think Fleabag should come first. Sorry. No, I've got to I watch really, Dead I'm, to Me.
1: I've been waiting oh, for it. Just do it, please. <laughs> do me a favor. No, okay, everyone else will, love I Fleabag.
0: Will. I reckon the people that listen to this podcast would all love Fleabag.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I'll listen to it but. then so I can relate.